0: everyone what's going on i don't know if uh you guys listened to the last episode episode 34 with flat earth day but man i just went back and listened to it myself and i'm like i was catching stuff that i didn't catch even when i was talking with them so interesting so this is episode 35 we're getting back into some more uh well we're getting back into the musician's world this time um i appreciate you guys and gals tuning in every week. I'm going to turn it up a notch. I'm going to really start promoting this out across the social medias. Uh, I feel like I'm always shoving shit down your throats. Hey, I got a tunage song. I got a new album on. I got a new cover song on. Hey, I'm on Twitch. Hey, I'm playing a gig. I'm doing that. Like, but how else are you going to know what I'm doing? So I had a conversation uh, with a few people and I just, I got to start doing this more often I got to get it out there I got to work it a little bit harder instead of just posting it once a week and I know that some of you probably follow the podcast so you know that when the podcasts come up you know when to listen to them Uh, but I got to do a little bit more and I'm going to go back and promote some of the older ones I mean we've done 35 episodes at this point this is number 35 and I'm about to launch in September so a few months what is it it's almost June now so June July August we're going to spend three months incubating The Rockin' Podcast, which is going to focus really on mental health. Um, So mental health, physical health, and all the stuff that goes on in that world. Because that encompasses a lot. And I really can't wait to do that. So you're going to start to see me keep this one as I'm more lighthearted, obviously, with the music and just the interesting people that I come across. In uh, the music business, and really crazy conspiracy weird shit like we did last week, so uh, you will see a, a eventual ramp up on the, all of this. So uh, I appreciate you guys and gals for getting to know me a little bit. So with that being said, my guest this week is a drummer. He's an overall musician and. And he's been a promoter he's been in multiple bands he's played in his own bands he's got a band called dead by wednesday that's been active for a number of years um we're going to talk about how we met we're going to talk about the music business as it's going on he's played drums with some pretty big names in the metal world um he's been around the world he's been around the country the dude is a hustler like me i've been wanting to talk with this guy for a long time because man he's just he's he's the epitome of hustle and i got utmost respect for him and i have no idea where this conversation is going to go i go into these podcasts with no set like ideas or things written down like i'm going to ask this question and this question i don't these are just conversations as we just start shooting the shit that's why sometimes the beginning of the podcast just seems like well what 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 just happened it didn't seem like they started with anything i hope you guys go with that flow because this one's going to be good uh his name is christian lawrence but we all call him opus so everybody, welcome Opus to episode thirty-five. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Uh, dude, I'm 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 doing great, man. To be honest with you, I can tell you're
1: looking good. You're you're, uh, you're always doing well. You sound great. I'm not, I I love watching your stuff, man.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting year. Like, and it was I'm like wore,
1: I'm more I'm more into talking to you about your stuff than I want you to talk about me.
0: Huh. We can, we can do that. You know, we can, I mean, my, when I go into these podcasts, cause I'm actually going to launch another podcast on, on top of this podcast, cause it's doing so well, but I go into this with no like real agenda. You know, I don't have like, well, I'm going to ask them about this, 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 and this, or the guests about this. I kind of just like, it's like we sit down at the bar and we start having a conversation. That's like how I well, like to let it roll. And I mean, in the intro, I mean, one thing I do like to do is I do an intro before you come on. And I was just saying how, I mean, you know, who you are, what your name? I call you Opus. I mean, everyone calls you Oh, I mean, does anyone call you by Christian? Does anybody?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Ironically, uh, I was given that name as a nickname. I, I kind of, it started off as an insult, which is funny. Um, when I was uh, like 12 or 13, uh, we were, we were one of my first bands um, and we all went home that night and thought of different names for the band to bring back the next day uh, that we thought were cool. And everyone listed like, you know, five or ten names, and we came back the next day, and my top name was open. And, uh, you know, there was, little did I know, there was already a 70s band that was out that had that name, but I didn't know. I thought it was cool. It was a musical term. It was one word. You know, it was a good, cool uh, term. And the bass player hated it, and he started laughing at me. And uh, I was a chubby kid, uh, you know, didn't make it with the ladies and all that stuff, and, you know, I was, I was struggling to be cool and popular in a band and all that stuff. And I, and he started laughing at me and called me Opus and all that stuff. And it started off actually as an insult. And ironically enough, you know, being the, these cool guys, older guys that I was playing with who couldn't, you know, book a show or didn't know their ass from their elbow – um, I started using that name as my stage name, kind of like Ozzy, a one-word thing, right. and uh, and I started calling. At 8.13. thirteen, I booked my first show for the band and never stopped. Um, and I called these promoters and clubs as Christian Lawrence, the manager, with this like high voice. Hi, I'm Christian Lawrence. How you doing? <laughs> up? And then I would show up as drummer Opus, and, and then so because it was like a joke, and they like you said the insult. They would call me that all the time. And at first I was like, This sucks but then it actually caught on and people started to they didn't know it is they didn't remember they didn't remember the band name, but they would remember Opus. They would remember me and I would hang out with these people and I would be like the the outgoing guy in the crowd and and, you know, these older guys are just more concerned with, you know, drinking and, and, and girls and all that stuff and I'd be like this metalhead rocker who was like the Drummer, foundation of the band, who was like talking to everybody, and uh, I learned from idols like Tommy Lee, and you know I wanted to be outspoken, you know kind Man. of thing, and um, and so it just caught on, an insult turned into a positive thing, and. Everyone started calling me that. And now it got to the point where my mother even calls me. Opus. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it, and, it, 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 it always happens that way. So, but I, I was which saying, cool. yeah, I mean, it, you it, know? I mean, I don't think anyone's like, yeah, I'm going to anoint you this nickname. It's going to be that way. Like as I would in college, if you were hanging around with my college friends, uh, they all call me junior, which is like, I'm not a junior. Like I don't have my father's name was not my name but i always hung out with the i hung out with the upperclassmen i got along with the upperclassmen a lot right? as soon as i got there on the football team and everything else and this and this one this running back from our team man he's just like man he, what's up junior what's up junior kept calling me junior and it stuck <laughs> To this point, like, even yeah. when I go to Rochester, people do not call me, like, well, I'm in Rochester. They still call me Junior. I run into people like, and no one, you're like, what the hell? And <laughs> they're like, wait a minute, you're Joe or just Joe. Like, who are you? I'm like, depends on where I'm so, at, bro. That's all. You know, it's you you know? Know,
1: and, and you know funny, is that ironically enough, the, uh, the only person that started calling me Christian and it started sticking was David Ellison, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> he i don't know why he likes the name and he's like i don't i'm not going to call you open it. you're a christian
0: no you're christian
1: so i'm like all right i don't know if this is a religious thing or
0: maybe just know, because Dave, cool. that's dave's a freaking great guy i've met him a handful of times he's a great dude you know so. yeah
1: he started calling me christian and then his partner started calling me christian and next thing you know now it's that sort of sort of uh becoming a thing amongst like the uh the bigger artists and uh like, you know, the, the people like a lot of my fans and friends, they call me Opus and then like, a lot of these big guys are like, Oh, you know, Christian Morris, he's like Bumblefoot. Christian Morris, he's a <laughs> drummer, uh, you know, yada yada yada. The way he talks, I love Bumblefoot more than anything, man. He's one of the nicest guys in the world.
0: Yeah. When I uh but uh, also, also, also also in the intro, I was just saying, like, I mean, you've had you've had a number of bands over the years. Uh you've been a promoter. Uh you are like the one thing if I ever, your name ever gets brought up in a conversation or we're, we're talking, it's like, dude, you hustle, you, you, you get the business, man. This business is about the hustle. You mean there's people in this business. I absolutely look up to, I look up to you and I know you look up to Jamie Josta. I mean, dude, they you just hustle, man. It isn't like I'm putting my, all my eggs in one basket. I'm going to do everything. I'm gonna learn everything about this business. I'm gonna learn how to record. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a promoter. I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to have three different projects going on. It's like, it's a hustle, man. And I've you you to go. Yeah, you have have to. It's the only way you're going to survive.
1: Yeah, exactly. I always tell this story. The days of being in that one big band, like the Led Zeppelin, the Black Sabbath, the ACDC, stuff like that, where it's a super group, and you make a living from that one band, you're dedicated to that one band, and you tour with that one band, and that's your brothership, and that's it. It's gone. Because nowadays, you have to do, it's almost like uh, uh, strength in numbers, and that's what a lot of labels do. They throw like, you know, 20 bands out there. And if one of them breaks, then everyone makes out. And it's the same thing. So it's like, so with with, my, with me, I don't, I, I just barely make a living. Like people at Starbucks probably make more money and have bigger, better <laughs> insurance, better insurance than I do. They definitely but, I, but I'm happy. I'm happy doing what I love. And that's, it might not be just one band, but it's all encompasses in music or entertainment um, or TV or stuff. That's going to be, like hosting things that are entertainment or music related. And the thing is, is that like, you know, I get a little bit there. I get, a, I get a little bit from hosting trivia. I get a little bit from playing with David Ellison. I get a little bit from playing with my black Sabbath tribute band earth. I get a little bit from dead by Wednesday. I get a little bit from, you know, uh, some TV shows or, or, or whatever that I, that I, that I'm on. I'll get a little bit from star placement. I'll get a little bit from booking some shows for some bands that I believe in or that I want to help out exactly. or that, you know, that are part of the team. So it's like a little bit all together is enough to make a living. And I, and I always say, I don't need to be famous, although I've, you have too, but we've, you know, we both dabbled, cut, you know, that 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 fine line of where we – Almost, almost. I always joke around. My Indian name is Native American name is Almost, and uh, you know, we bolted up and down the, the ladder and yeah. the roller coaster ride called the music business, up and down, and you know, and you have to keep going. And there's times where you get bummed out, and but like the flame never has has gone out. A lot of people, the flame goes out, and you get like, you know, like worn out and burnt out, and you don't want to do it no more. Well, it's been up and down, but it's never gone out. Yeah. And so I always tell I always tell people I'm like. You know, those days are gone. Of one band, you have to hustle. You gotta do multiple things to make a living. I'm, I don't need to be famous, but I'm happy just making a living and being a well-respected, solid musician and artist and drummer. And if I die tomorrow, I want to be remembered as that. Leave a legacy for my Man. son that was that was respected and you know people actually appreciated what I did. And I don't need to be like this ultra famous, like one hit wonder guy. I'm happy doing what I'm doing and just, you know, doing what I love.
0: Yeah. I mean, I you think, know? I think all of us artists at some point, I mean, we all set out trying to be super famous, huge rock stars, selling millions of records and all that. That's the dream. But you do come to that crossroads where you're like, okay, um, this is probably not going to happen. You know, you come to that realization, whether it's sooner or later, it doesn't matter. At some point, you're going to come to it, and then you have to be like, okay, now what do I do? Do I, do I fall into the next phase, or do I just give up, or do I be bitter that it didn't happen? It's like there's a couple of different scenarios, and you and I have both gotten over that hump. And I think the biggest realization that I had, when this really, like, hit me that I was doing something good was... Clutch was in town in Syracuse. I went to go meet up with those guys. You know, we toured with them, you know, a couple of times. We did handfuls of shows and we got real close to those dudes. So they were in town and I went into the back dressing room and it was uh, JP was in the back dressing room and he's my favorite guy in the band. They're all the nicest dudes on the planet. Clutch is the no nicest. Idea. They are the nicest dudes on the planet. But I just really love hanging out with JP, the drummer. One, he's one of my favorite drummers on the planet. He's unbelievably unbelievably so good
1: oh, oh he's, he's like kenny from uh, candaria to yeah he just, just got so much pocket crazy like bottom. Mixed, you know he's great
0: yeah so him and i are sitting in the back dressing room and, and if anyone knows him that dude just never stops drumming he sets up a drum set in the dressing room he's got a pad on the bar i mean the dude is just constantly doing it so him and i were catching up and he's like man what have you been doing since you know you left brand new sin and and this was probably about a couple of years after I left brand new Senate. I'm like, well, I'm doing this. I'm playing all these gigs. I'm playing about two, 300 times a year. I got this going on that going. I'm telling him everything I was doing the music. And it was like, I almost felt like I was like, yeah, this is what I'm doing now instead of like what you're doing or what I really want to do. And he looked at me and he goes, man, he goes, you figured it out, bro. I'm like, huh? <laughs> He's like, you figured it out, man. He goes, you you sound happy, man. You sound, why, why disappoint? Like you're making a living doing what you love, man. Like how many people can say that? And he goes, we sure. do well, but he goes, you know, goes, we can't just play as much as you do. We have to go home and take care of this. And then, you know, we can't oversaturate markets and, and all this stuff. And he's like, man, you figured it out. And then, and then the whole conversation changed and it was that conversation that I had with him that really, I go back to him and realize, you know what? I'm on the right path. And I, I mean, I, I thank him every time I see him since then. I go, dude, you changed my perspective, you know, big time, you know?
1: Well, dude, I, I mean, I, I get that completely because, um, you know, there, there, there was a time where I was sort of bitter and uh, I saw people that were behind me, like blaze through blaze by me and through me. Um, and I'm like, well, how did that happen? Where, where was my you know priorities? What did I do wrong? And yeah. I always tell people that if I, I had a manager with my old band Gargantua soul and we had like, you know, it was a big time thing and we had a lot of stuff going on and we were managed by the rage and we were opening for him and we we played Woodstock. We had it going out. We thought it was, we thought it was a done deal. And all of a sudden the industry changed and, you know, people didn't care anymore and our guy stopped calling. And it was, you know, the typical uh, scenario that you see with this type of business and, you went from cool to not being cool and then everyone not caring. And it's like, wow, what did I do wrong? And you just realize, okay, this is, you get bitter, but if you stay that way, you don't ever go anywhere. You need to figure it out. Like you said. And you know, obviously it, the dream is always there. And if it happens organically and, and, and yes. for some reason you become famous, you know, you don't want to say what's in your head. This is not going to happen because you never know. Yes. But you know, you, you come to some sort of realization and reality check, where the illusions of grandeur go out the window. And you're like, well, I have a family now. I need to make a living. How do I do that? So that's why I started that acoustic, um, you know, kind of like a cover thing that I was doing for a while, like you were doing, like you're yeah. doing with your piano. And, uh, and it worked out great until I started feeling like a human jukebox that was not being respected in the corner of a bar, being talked to, you know, having people <laughs> oh, talk over God, you. God,
0: man. I, if, I had, yeah, if I had a nickel, if I had a nickel.
1: I had to stop. I had to, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, you know what? I'll do, I'll do like certain shows where I'm like showcase, like opening for Candlebox or opening for Zach Myers to shine down. And like people actually care and they're sitting there quiet and listening. But if, but if I'm a frigging jukebox in a bar and I'm being talked over and no one's even giving me any sort of acknowledgement, I'm done. I'm not yeah. doing this. You know what I mean? I'm better than this. You know, that, that's how so, I mean, so, that was, at least with my, my drum set, Joe, at least with the drums, they have to pay attention to me. Cause they're so <laughs> damn loud. You know?
0: They're loud. Yeah. I mean, I have that, I've had that whole thing. And I came to, I came to peace with that. Cause there was a time I'm like, man, no. And I just played for three hours. No one clapped. No one interacted with me. And then I was like, you know what? I'm still getting paid. <laughs> that was in my exactly. mind. I'm like, I'm like, how do I, how do I justify this? And, and that was the way. And then I went into that and I'm like, all right, cool. There could be, a, there could be worse things to do, you know, at least in my mind. And, that, and that's what ever, again, every musician has to, I mean, I try to talk to these younger musicians or people who look, looking at me to like, I want to do what you do and all that. And I'm like, man, do, do you really, I'm gonna, yeah. we're going to talk yeah. not about music for about 45 minutes. I'm going to tell you all these horrible things. Um, that, you know, are you married? Do you have a mortgage payment? Do you like it? Do you have money in your bank account? Do you have friends that like, yeah, I have all those things. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let's get fucking, just get rid of all of them because they're all going to fucking not work. You know, if you decide to go on this and they are like, well, but what about music? I'm like, well, dude, I'm just going to tell you like, I'm not saying they're not, but the, you know, I'm I'm not a gambling man, but if I was in Vegas, I'd take those odds over the one on the blackjack table any day that all of those things, exactly. are a combination of those things are going to happen. I go, if you're willing to like sacrifice and have those heartbreaking things happen to you, then uh, then then. Let's talk about music then. Then we'll talk about music, and most of them by then they get exactly. scared, and exactly. then they get scared, exactly. and then they get scared. Because I mean, the be like be a true working musician, man is it's it's a constant hustle. There's never there's never real. There's always work to be done, or uh, you know, some oh, kind of brutal. email. You know, but it's what what would you what would you do when you're playing in a couple of different projects you have, you know, the ones I'm thinking of right now that are active or you know, you have you have Dead by Wednesday which has been an active band for a, a long time now, quite a long time, right?
1: Yeah, since 2006. Yeah. Our first album came out on Jamie Josh's stillboard Records. And, uh, and and ever since then, it's been like you know, uh, you know, a, a plethora of different musicians that uh, I basically you know, I worn out, and they, they couldn't do the road anymore, or, or they just like you said, they they had uh, issues with with uh, you know at home or jobs that wanted to throw them away, um, and it just basically you know had differences or, or people had problems like you know uh, addictions and stuff like that, and basically. The only original member is the bass player that has been with me since the beginning, and he's the best dude you'll ever meet in your life, Mike Modest. Um He's been with me since the, since the inception of Dead by Wednesday, and uh, he stuck with it for you know over a decade uh, playing with me. And I give him a lot of credit. And uh, he shows up, and he always he's always there, and he's he's a, a nasty he's, bass player. He's he's a he's and a, so he's a lifer, man. He's a lifer. Yeah that's the thing. So the foundation of the band—that's why we're still able to call it Dead by Wednesday. Because I believe that the band, the, fo- the rhythm section, the foundation of the band, the drums and the bass, which I to me is the, the basis of a band, and then the icing on the cake, which is necessary for melodies and songwriting. Yeah, a, a singer can make or break a band. The singing and the guitar playing is the icing on the cake. Yeah, I know. So I, I, I tell people section, that all the time. Yeah, the foundation has been the beginning. Has been the same since the beginning. Um, so Mike and I have, have, uh, you know, been dead by Wednesday since 2006 and we're still going strong. And in fact, we found people that are lifers like us who actually won, who used to run their own band. So now we're in really good shape. Finally, after all these years of different, you know, different people coming in and out promising me the world, having delusions of grandeur, thinking they're going to put their mark on it. And all of a sudden everyone's going to think it's amazing and they're going to be famous. And, you know, and really realizing going on the road for uh, a month or two and living out of a, a minivan uh, with a trailer and, and, and sleeping on the side of the road and not eating properly or not getting proper exercise and missing your girls and all this stuff. Um, you know, that really takes a toll. And, and so, luckily, um, I got these guys now, and we're almost done with a brand-new album because the pandemic actually slowed everyone down. So we've yeah. been writing so you just uh, and create. just basically – you know, yeah, we have 10 tracks done. They're amazing. Um, we're super stoked on it, and we're going to go all in on the, uh, one of the tracks. We, got, uh, we caught the attention of Tom Flynn, who's the director, who did the last two Dlamigata, uh videos, the last two body count videos, Fire from the Gods, and All That Remains. And he loves the new track, and he's coming July. And this hasn't even been really announced yet, but Thursday, July 29th, we're doing a private video shoot and a private show at Toad's Place in New Haven, our home venue. Um, and it's going to be limited to 75 people and we're going to do a really awesome interactive video shoot and live sh- private live show for people. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to be really rad. And once that's done, we're going to go all in with promo on that stuff, but pretty much that band is like the, my baby. And it ended, it, it started at the end of Gargantua soul when, um, the band basically, uh, Dissolved, and I was looking for something that was more extreme because I've always been like a more of a thrash metal guy. That's why me and Ellison get along so well right. with the music style because that's the same style that I grew up on the Megadeth Metallica Anthrax Player, stuff like that. Um, and so that's the band that's basically my baby, and it'll never go away. Even if we want to stop, I'm not going to, I'll probably pull a of the fall. I won't say, oh, it's over. I'll just leave it on an indefinite hiatus, maybe do one last album but for now it's on fire and we're super stoked on it. Yeah. And we, uh, we're actually doing a few shows at the end of this month. Um, we're doing three shows in, in Florida with the, the amazing, uh, Latin metal band, Puya. Puya. Uh, back, yeah, they're back together. Uh, there were used to be on MCA records and they did, uh, they're aspect veterans and they're from Puerto Rico. And I helped get them back together. And the, the, um, well, actually, the Alex, the manager, did, and then I'm, I'm starting to help them book shows. I'm booking shows for them, and the original singer's back, all original members, and we're super stoked on everything. They're doing a new album with Deuce right now, and Dead uh, by Wednesday's lucky enough to be able to to do, do shows with them and actually break into that same Latin market, and Latin metal market, which is huge, South, South America and, and yeah. Puerto Rico and... And Brazil, us, because us Americans are so short
0: are... Are so short-sighted we think everything is just happens here when it's like man we're only a small portion of the world there's a lot of yeah. other places that like music and listen to music and they don't listen to That's the course. shit we do you know so
1: exactly they listen to metal and then and, and our singer now is, is Puerto Rican so Steve Alvarez uh, Esteban is his name and uh he's he actually we have a new song called SOS which is half it's half in Spanish half in, in English so we're we actually got some really cool, fresh stuff happening that we uh, we decided to do, and it, it happened organically, and it wasn't like, you know, hey, we're going to do this, and we're going to do... We've never, ever set out to be a band that followed trends, and in fact, that's how this whole band started, was at the end of Gargantua Soul. The first album was called Democracy is Dead. It turned into a political statement because Bush was in power at the time, right. but it, it originated as a... As basically me telling that was that statement was meant actually towards my band members and be Soul because there was too many cooks in the kitchen. And I said, you know what? I'm done with this. Democracy is dead. I'm moving on and doing my own thing. And that's how it originally started. And it was, and the style was so extreme that it was basically like a huge middle finger to the, to the industry at the time, like, you know, F the industry. And that's how we, that's how we started this band. Now it's more of like, we want to just do our own thing and, and, be a musician's musician's band not like super techie but you right. know we like to challenge ourselves and uh, and my body feels it trust me Joe as, as, a, as an older drummer uh, playing heavier than I ever have and faster and keeping up with the 20 year olds that are that are out there that are doing tricks with their feet and all that stuff you know what I mean
0: yeah I mean I, I've had that conversation with Jason Bittner often you know Jason and I talk a lot and I mean so only problem is like, as a drummer, man, you're just physically, all of us are, you know, singers are physically, you know, you have to, it's all physical. Every, every instrument you play is physical, but nothing is more demanding than drums. I mean, you're, you're asking oh, yeah. your whole entire body to do everything. And, um, but it can be done. I mean, dude, there's, there's drummers out there that are still holding it down well into their, you know, sixties. And I mean, dude, some, look at, look, look at Tommy Aldrich for Christ's sakes the yeah, olders are Dave Lombardo. Yeah, they're still beast, like well into the you know, but they you have to take care of yourself. You can't just be Yeah, I,
1: I that's the thing. I stopped drinking three years ago. I don't take anything, not even Advil. I uh, I, I watch I lost a ton of weight like you like you did and, yeah. and uh, watch what I do. I do yoga two, three times a week. I do a deep deep tissue, deep tissue massage once a month. I do chiropractic once or twice a week. Um, you know, it's like, um, it's never ending, like just basically maintenance is, no, is what I call it. You so have it, to I, be able to do what
0: I do. That's, what, I mean, um, there was a few reasons for me getting like healthier. I mean, I was a college athlete. I played college football. So, I mean, I was an athlete my entire life, but then, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle kind of took over and I put on all this weight and I became such a huge drinker and, uh, and, you yeah, know, and just doing all this stuff because you get sucked into the life. But then when I, I didn't have my daughter until i was almost 40 i was 40 when she was born pretty much so i'm like man i gotta take care of myself not only for her but second of all if i want to be able to keep doing music for the rest of my life i gotta start taking care of myself oh yeah absolutely and i mean me losing i had you know i felt confident in my vocal abilities then but now that i'm you know 90 pounds 80 90 pounds lighter it's made, a, oh, yeah. it's made a world of difference, you know, in so many aspects. But everyone's like, man, you go to the gym, you do yoga, you run, and you you eat really healthy. I don't see you drink that much. I'm like, I, I don't. I mean, I drink, but, like, I rarely drink at home. I don't drink at gigs because it's I'm working, you know? And, but if I do drink... Yeah, I don't do anything at all. Dude, it's got to be... Isn't it, isn't it crazy when you, like, become... I was sober for 18 months. I think that was the longest. And when I stopped drinking, I was like, okay, I'm going to walk away from this. I'm going to see if I can... If I, if if I'm, if I need help or, you know, if I can just stop this on my own, I'm going to see how long I can go. And I'm going to go, oh, you won't be able to do it. You're playing six nights a week in a bar. I'm like, watch me. You know, you say I can't do something. Well, I'm going to fucking do it. So I went 18 months without any alcohol. And then when I finally, and then when I'm now I'm back to it, I just, I just had such a different relationship with that. I don't get, it's not even anything like it used to be. Over 98% of my life is spent sober now, you know. So,
1: well, the, you know, the reason why I did it was actually I had a health issue and uh, I actually turned yellow, um, and no one really knew what was going on. They, they actually did tests, they thought I would have like a you know, son. I'm like, uh oh, you know, I know I did stupid stuff when I was young, um, you know, with the with, uh, and stuff, but they, they were testing for everything from like hepatitis to ETH to. I was scared for like a good luck, man. And Ooh. and they just realized that it was a combination of this medication that they actually told me to take for my GERD. I had like really bad, like a, uh, it was called like a um, something esophagus. Uh, oh God, it was like when you burn the top of your esophagus, uh, they call it something. Yeah, uh, that's some, that, yeah, I, I,
0: I know what you're saying. It's pretty heavy duty shit. Lionel Richie had yeah, that happen to him.
1: Yeah, it's a form of GERD. I would wake up in the middle of the night choking on my own vomit like Jimmy Hendrix. And, and, and I knew that it was time to, to, to do something about it. And I started, like, literally juking in my sleep. And it was because I was drinking. I didn't, instead of fixing the, of fixing the problem and, and um, doing the cure, I was just putting a band-aid on it by taking these pills. And these pills were called, uh, uh, God, it was like uh, took them off the, the market since then. Uh, uh, not was like a pilot deck, but it was like a really heavy-duty one. Uh, that they were, they were actually, you had to be prescribed omeprazole, so, omeprazole. And, you know, they were like, listen, if you have a heavy meal, uh, and you're and you cooking, help one of these, it'll help your, you know, help your food. And I was like, okay, um, I would do it. And it would kind of help. And you know, I just did it so much that I was like, okay, I need to do uh, more. So I would take another one of those. And little did I know that mixing, I didn't even know until so I researched it, after five years, you're mixing the alcohol with that medication and the medication was killing my liver. Dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah I didn't that's the thing they and give, they, 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 give they, they give you pills to fix one problem, but then yeah. th- it's, it causes all these other, other problems. So I'm just like, Oh my God. Like, listen, and, and I'm one of those people, that it's a very extreme situation, man. I won't, take anything I don't take Advil I don't take stuff like that everyone's like oh you're a little sore like why don't you take a little Advil take the edge off I'm like no like, no, I gotta, I gotta have some severe shit going on before you're going to do that. And, and even then I'm still going to consider it because I don't know, man, our, our human, people got to understand, again, I can't say that, like, you know, obviously people with cancer or people with some severe disorders and stuff like that, they do need medication to be able to get by. But for the most part, I don't think people realize that if you do the right things to your body, your body is an amazing fucking piece of machinery. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And will heal itself if you give it the proper fuel, the proper attention, the proper sleep, the proper nutrition, all those things. If you start doing that, your body will start doing things on its own. That these medications, instead of these people being like, well, maybe you should change this, 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 how about you just take this fucking pill? And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. I can keep going, living yeah. my, I, I can keep on being an asshole to my body, but I can take this pill and everything's okay. Lots well, of problems. People, they don't, A lot of times they're so
1: addicted to certain things that even if they're told, like, listen, you have uh, liver failure and you need to stop drinking um, or else, or you have lung cancer and you need to stop smoking or else, people can't stop. And then they just end up dying and they have to kill themselves. So when they said to me, so when they said to me, hey, um, you know, Dude, you're, you're, you're uh, going to kill yourself if you keep going this way because you're yellow and your liver looks like it's it's deteriorating. You already had a fatty liver in the first place, and we didn't know any of this stuff. Um, and so I said it's serious, and I literally stopped everything. I literally stopped. I researched liver disease, and I, I started eating the certain way and eating clean and eliminating salt and sugar, which is impossible in America with all the crap we have in our food. It is. And and I, I started doing all these things, and now I went for my blood work. They said that I am not only better, but I am better than I was before I got sick. <laughs> liver, you could actually your, your liver, you could actually rejuvenate you, if can. you actually take, Yeah, if you take the right, if it's not already uh, cirrhosis, you could actually yeah turn it around. And I did, and and I'm you know, and it got to the point where I I, don't, I, I turned it around so much, and I lost so much weight that. I actually, it actually was funny. It's supposed to help you with your playing and everything, and it did. But it got me so, uh, I got so skinny that I pushed, I started going so fast and so, I pushed myself so crazy with the drums that now I got a sciatic because I'm actually playing harder and faster than I did. <laughs> now when you, I now was, you're hurting when yourself I was,
0: physically, yeah. <laughs>
1: because I, because I, was, I was so heavy that I wasn't playing like that. Now I'm so light. And I'm playing heavier and faster, and, and it's like, oh, we're in re-
0: here and repetitive motion here. Yeah. You know, so, so <laughs> I'm doing more. Well, at least that, that, that's a good problem. It's like, okay, now I can just change this without having to. Uh, I it's, it's it's awesome to hear that, man. Because as we've gotten older, we've watched so many of our contemporaries in this business either one fall by the wayside or they're struggling oh, yeah. on so many different levels, man. And that's when I started seeing that. I'm like, oh, man, I'd. I can't be one of these people. I'm like, when I saw Zach wild get super sick and like, he almost died. He had a rare blood disorder and he, and they're like, you got to stop drinking or you're going to be dead." you know? So yeah. like when you start seeing people like that, it's like, wow, man, he almost, he, we couldn't, he could be gone or, you know, you know, and God bless Vinny and Dime, but you, we've had, I've had conversations with people about Dimebag. Like Dimebag, probably would have had some health scares along the way too. I mean, their drinking was just so epic. I, you can't yeah. do, you just can't do that to yourself. You can do that in your twenties, no. but when you get in the forties, man, you just can't, you can't do that to yourself oh, I, I, felt like, I felt, I
1: felt, I still, I, even when I would drink, I felt like such crap the next day. I didn't even want to drink anymore. No, and you know, I. And so many of my friends and, and, and family members um, have either died or, or they're, they're a mess and they can't even keep it together, including my ex-singer, you know, uh, Joe, who, who became a mess, and, and that's why I had to let him go. And then there's also, you know, not, not for nothing, but I mean, my, my stepfather, he was a complete mess, and he was a terrible, you know, he ended up being in a, in a horrible place, um, and now he's in a... In a uh, an old folks home and a rehabilitation center and I'm surprised to still alive due to drugs and alcohol and you know so many and the thing is, the one thing that I could say that music did and it sounds cliche but it's so true that you know I I learned drums at a very young age and I knew once I heard God of Thunder from Kiss I knew exactly what I wanted to do with my life and I was like this is what I want to do and I had a goal and a focus at a very young age. And I knew that that's the, the path that I wanted to take. So I didn't let anything mess it up. And a lot of times people go into rock and roll, and the rock and roll lifestyle kind of screws them up and makes them a drug addict or turns yeah. them like, you know, it, it makes it a problem. With me, I sort credit music into keeping me out of trouble because a lot of what, like, you know, in high school, a lot of my friends were like smoking crack or, or in the woods drinking alcohol. And I was at home practicing my drums because I,
0: I wanted to be a rock star, you know? Yeah. No, you, you're right, man. I mean, as much as, like, rock and roll or, you know, the musician's lifestyle has, uh, has I think, you know, some people would look at it as destroyed some of my relationships or, you know, hurt my health along the way. Um if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be. I think I'd be in a worse place, but it's made me, I think those things happen to you regardless, whether you're, you know, a musician or not, life is going to happen to you. Life is going oh, to happen. Yeah. It's going to run you over, but uh, I can always come back to music because music is, like, and it's the same thing. I heard kiss destroyer. I, I borrowed kiss destroyer from my buddy on vinyl and it was the same record it wasn't god of thunder it was just that whole freaking record i'm like what is this and looking at that cover i'm like well, okay this is what i want to do and it took me a while to get there because i went to college and i got a, a, a bachelor's in history and then i went back to college for some other stuff it took me a minute to finally be like this is who i am because most people around you're going to be like yeah dude, you shouldn't do that That's probably a bad career choice.
1: Yeah. My grandfather was not happy at all. He's like, he's like, yeah, no, you should be like, a, why, why can't you be a chiropractor or something like that? He's like, you a doctor, a Yale doctor, you know? Um, and, you know, he lived to 103 and he was, he's basically my only real father figure and an amazing human being. And, and, uh, and so like, he was always against the music lifestyle because he knew that it was a hustle and he knew that it was like not something that was solid or I could fall back on. But, you know, once I was in, I was all in, and there was nothing else that I could, that I could do. And to this day, I say, like, what am I gonna do now? I, at my age, after everything I've done and established, I'm gonna I'm gonna start flipping burgers. I mean, what am I gonna do? This is it, you know. I'm gonna die doing this, you know. Literally.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that. That's you know. I mean, we're gonna try to control what we can control. I mean, we could just you know. a a meteor could fall out of the sky and hit us in the head and that would be the end of it. You know, I mean, we don't really know when we're going to take it out, but I'm going to try to control what we control. But man, it's, it's, you know, I, I look at a lot of the, the, our friends who have sobered up or become more sober ish or like, they just don't do the lifestyle, man. And I just see them thriving, you know, like a big reason why I started this podcast is I started listening to Jamie's podcast and I was just like, so, i'm like i could do this man i mean obviously jamie has a bigger rolodex than i do you know and has had huge success but i'm like man look at what this guy has done since he got sober years ago you know the dude is just yep. always crushing it I, mean, I just really look up to the fucking guy
1: About Jamie, because like he was one of the guys that you know when he was a little kid, he was always like, "Oh, can I be on your album?" And hey, can I book your band? I was always like, "Yeah, right, kid." You know, because <laughs> we we're from the same area. And then years later, here I am, I'm working for him, trying to get on his shows, right? Uh, and you know, it's funny, but but you know, he's a, a the pure, um, he's a pure epitome of of one of his work, one of his album titles, perseverance. Yeah, you know, that guy, absolutely. You know, and that's and the thing. If I cared more, if I took all the time that I took, uh, that I, when I used to um, basically care more about my, my, uh, my dick and my, you know, hustling uh, relationships back in the day, if I took that, all that time that I lost and wasted on, on juggling uh, women and stuff, I, and, and when I was like, thought I was going to make it with t Soul and put it towards my career and actually did what I do now with some integrity. Um, and some respect, I probably would be a lot further than I am. But you know, to be you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. You know, I was young. I, I, I thought I had it all the palm in my hand. And, and and it's the same story for a lot of people. And then you realize you wake up, and you're like, wait, one day you're like, whoa, I have to actually, if I really want to do this for a living, I have to actually work and yeah. actually do something.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, man, you don't you don't have a boss. I mean, even if you have all those people. Me, even if you're in the best position ever, when you got a, I got an amazing agent, I got a manager, I got this label, I got, you know, a PR person, you know, let's put you with the best team around you. you still got, you as a fucking person are still your own boss and you, they're only going to work and get better as hard as you work. You know, you yeah, can't dude, sit yeah. back and let them do it. And you can just be, oh, I'm just going to create and do well, this. No, you got to fucking work hard too. Motherfucker. Got to work. Yeah, hard. Yeah.
1: Honestly, all those like silly sayings, actually, they, there's, a, there's a reason for them. Like, you know, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Man, that is such a huge thing for me. You know, every agent that I've ever had, I could book tours and shows better than them. And it's like, why am I having this guy <laughs> do, do, do the show and take, and take money out of my pocket <sighs> when I could do it as much? It's like, unless he's like a big guy with a, a lot of juice that right. gets me on bigger festivals and weird tours. It Makes no sense, and like, well, like, in terms of less is more when it comes to like members, man, you know, you still had seven members, so I have four now, you know, I, and less yeah. is four. like well, one guitar, one bass, one drum, one vocal, and do as much as you can with what you got, you know.
0: I heard Ice T in an interview, and I, and, and again, I'm gonna probably bring up Jamie Johnstone again because I think it was on his podcast, but Ice T was on there, and Ice T said. You know what? He goes, you know, he was talking about, I mean, Ice-T's had massive success, not just as a musician, but as, you know, an actor and all this stuff. But he wanted to just talk about music. He's like, I got platinum. Records on my walls from being a rapper. I got gold records from being in, you know, body count. And he's talking about all those things. And he goes, and none of those records made me shit for money. He goes, they get got me to a place where I can make money, but none of them made that. And he goes, he goes, I don't need a million fans. He goes, give me ten thousand fans. He goes, you know what? Give me five thousand fans. And he kept knocking it down. He goes, you know what? Give me one thousand dedicated people. One thousand and. Yeah, and, he goes, and he goes, and he goes. All right, I'm gonna put out a record. They're gonna buy the physical copy of it. They're all gonna buy it. That's fifteen dollars. That's fi- That's a thousand. It's fifteen thousand um, Fifteen thousand dollars. I just made. Or, you know, it, right? No more than that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fifteen thousand. He goes. I put out a. I put out uh, a t-shirt. They all buy it for thirty bucks. There's fucking thirty thousand dollars, and he just started saying. Everything that I do, he goes, let's put out six things this year between merchandise and all that. And he goes, all of a sudden, it just added up to $200,000. And he goes, yeah, there was some cost in there, but he goes, you take away the cost. He goes, $200,000. He goes, I got a platinum record on my wall. He goes, I've never made that much money off that record on my wall. He's like, I don't care about the million. He goes, I just want to build a brand that the people that are around it are just diehard and they'll do anything that I do. If you get that, then he goes. You can make a living, and no one may even even know who you are. It Doesn't matter. But you're satiating yep. your fan fan base, and that's what it comes down to.
1: It's a brand exactly, and that's kind of how I feel. That's why you know I got a book coming out um, this year, autobiography. That's right. People, people, how,
0: people did, how did how did how did a book like. You and I both have interesting stories And people always tell me Like you should write a book I'm like dude I don't have time to write a book Like who's I can't write a book I can't barely write a song no, you're, you're like mean, How do you I, write I a book
1: that. I'm lucky to have a ghostwriter Who actually uh, wrote Chuck from Finko uh, Moore's uh, Recent book Doug Esper And uh, he basically Just shoved on a phone With me every once in a while I used Ellison As a As a, uh, as a uh, Catalyst And like, a, like Kind of like a referral And um, you know it's more than just about music. It's People don't realize what kind of crazy life I've had some of the things that, um, some of the people and some of the things that happened to me when I was a kid, you know, from like near-death situations to being related to David Duke, um, to like, you know, and, and the, so David
0: Duke, the David Duke, The David Duke?
1: Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it, indirectly, but yeah, right. I mean, my brother, my brother married into his family and wow. uh, it's, it's a long story and, and it's something that you have to read about because it's really in depth and it's really crazy. Um, and then also things like, uh, you know, then, then there's the whole G Soul situation and all my, my whole TV career part. And then there's my whole thing about my father, who I, I didn't meet until I was 30 years old, and he lives in Italy. My real father, my blood father, who left when I was two. I was born in Rome, Italy. Um, my stepfather was, you know, was a, was a, ended up becoming a real piece of, piece of crap in, uh, later in life. And um, and you know and, and basically abused me and my older brother, and that's one of the reasons why my older brother uh, became one of the scariest, most uh, known uh, skinheads in, in America. If you Google his name, Michael Lawrence, that's all in the book. Everything wow. that I, people don't people don't realize, you know, um, you know, he spent 11 years in federal prison. Like I, you know, and and it, but yet we have Puerto Rican Jewish. Uh, Italian, and we were 100. 100- I'm 100 percent Italian, and um, and now black, all in our family. So it's pretty ironic. And he's not even uh white; he's <laughs> Italian, full-blown. So it's, the whole thing is like my life is nuts, man. I know, yeah. you know, started and I guess in situations where, you know, he would defend me at the bus stop. I lived in the ghetto, kind of, and and we would get beat up every day, um, by just glass thrown thrown at us at the bus stop, and and you have like little gang fights and so like you know my life wasn't always peaches and cream and i fought for everything that i have and everything that i believe in and so i when i when i speak and I take a stance on something it comes from a very uh pure and and strong uh place well,
0: it's 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 life experience and its perspective and it's the good thing that you know you have been through a lot of shit and most people that have been through a lot of shit will use that as an excuse to just be a piece of shit, you know, or not not get to themselves to the full potential. Whereas you decide you take these situations, whether it took you a while to finally get to that, that, that spot in your head. But now you've gotten, it's like, man, this is who I am because all of us have got screwed up lives. All of us, even the people that are, you think are perfect got a screwed up life. So it's like, once you get to that place, man, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, and that's, when you said that, man, this just made me smile, man, it's, that's, that's why you're, that's why you're doing what you do and why you love and that's why people respond to you is because you're genuine, man, you're fucking real.
1: Thank you, bro. I mean, I, I, it, I feel like nowadays it's, it's, you have to be, I mean, the days of like, you know, the whole, like I said, the, we had an album called, the EP called Death of the Rockstar and I feel like, you know, rock stars don't exist anymore. You're no. either, you're either a, a Respected artist, musician who who you know lo- knows, knows their craft and does and does their craft well, or you're not, and there's no in between. There's no like, um, oh yeah, you're a rock star. No, you're either respected and you're good at what you do, or you're just not. Yeah, and that's it.
0: You know. Yeah, I mean, I, no, you know, every day we're losing. You know Some huge rock star And unfortunately I tell everybody I go the next 10 years Is gonna suck You know We're literally gonna lose All the ma- the major stars That we all knew You know let's, let's You know Someone made a list They're like Here's the people That have died so far Here's the people well, In their my- age and, and, and now you're looking at Alright Here's 10 years 15 years And they start naming These people You're like Holy shit They're all gonna be dead Like all of them Will be dead you
1: know, the, the one The main one And the one I care about the most And he's like a, Literally Like a grandfather To me Godfather is odd.
0: Yeah. it is and, and and i think my point i think my point is is that i equate this and i don't know if it's too much of a a, a, a comparison but like there was the greek gods you know in in those in history that's like oh my god there's the greek guys there's zeus you know we started, started, like start naming all of them and they all are gone and their own their mythical feature they're mythical now were they real we don't know were they we don't know but like these people that we're looking up to, the rock stars, like, you know, Ozzy, let's the guys in the Stones, let's, you know, Bob Dylan, um, Chris Cornell, let's start naming some of these big ones as for that we all looked up to. At Kirk some Cobain. point, yeah, Kirk Cobain, they're all going to be gone and there's nobody there to replace them. No one's going to have, like, listen, no offense to Justin Bieber and some of these other people, they just aren't going to have the same. They don't have the same mythical qualities about them. People are going to be sad when they're gone, but like we are literally, we got lucky that we were alive when these gods are gone. Because when they're gone, they're gone. We ain't going to see yeah. that again. And we yeah. got to live during that time where we can tell maybe our grandkids or our great grandkids. I remember I got yeah, to see Ozzy, and they're like, Well, you got to see exactly. Ozzy."
1: Especially, especially since, like, you know, we lived when when you didn't know his silly Oz. Uh, uh, Osborne family behind-the-scenes TV show. We knew the guy, the mystical, <laughs> evil guy who bit the head off a bat. That had rumors about him and all this weird stuff, and floated lines of ants, and and could guzzle uh, all this stuff and be this crazy, uh, this crazy animal rocker who everyone thought was you know was this the this mothers warned you about, you know. <laughs> and now, now it's like you know you just go online and you could. Find him, uh, Ozzy. You know, taking a dump in his in his, uh, <laughs> in his in, you know, in his with like a, a a coffee and a manicure. You know, him, it's like, him, him, yeah.
0: Want- yeah. Some one of him, one of him, Ozzy specifically is one of the most mythical creatures and rock stars in the history of music. Period. But he's also the reason why we look at he, he also killed that persona too, not for himself, but for everybody by having a reality TV show, you know, so yeah. then it kind of let it open, but it it also like, I think those days were numbered anyways. And nowadays it's like, you want a little bit of personal access to your, to your idols, you know, now with the social media, you can feel like you connect with them a little bit more and stuff like that. The one thing okay. I've learned. Yeah, you know you can you can you can be a part of their lives a little bit more, and there's a different kind of connection than the old days where the gatekeepers kept them over here and you were over here. Those days are gone, you know. So
1: well, I always always I always say that like you know definitely social media is a a curse and a blessing. Yes, um, you know, and and it does help, but at the same time, I gotta say, Lars Ulrich was right. He
0: was. Jamie says it all the time. And I was listening to somebody else's podcast the other day and they said the same thing. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast and he had someone on there and he's like, dude, Lars was right. You know, Lars was, I, I fought You know, when Lars, I'm, I will stand up for Metallica until the, until it's all said and done. I, that's my band. I always have the utmost respect to him and anyone talks shit about him. I'll, I'll immediately bang him down, but I go, you guys all shit on him back in the day. But the dude, he wasn't trying to like just protect his interest. He literally saw like, dude, if we don't do something, all of this is going to fall apart. And it did, you know, because I mean, if, if the industry, had embraced that technology when it got presented to them. Because, I mean, if if you've ever seen the documentary on Napster, it talks about, like, we were developing this to go to... They're tech guys. They don't want it. They didn't want to bring down the music business. They weren't sitting around like, what business can we bring down today? Let's bring down the music industry. They're like, no, let's build something, sell it to the music industry. Once we sell it then we'll go develop fucking Facebook or whatever else we've, we're going to go on to. Those are people in a whole different realm. They developed it to go to the music industry and be like, this is where we see the future of your business going. Why don't you start adapting some of these technologies that we see? And they were going to give that if the music industry had jumped on board early on, man, they could have saved them. So now we're still digging out of it, man. They let it crash. And by the time it crashed, it was like, okay, it might've been a weird transition in the beginning, but like, dude, they could have probably kept thriving. We'd be further along in this whole thing and not making pennies off of Spotify, you know?
1: Yeah, man. They, 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 they screwed up big time.
0: <laughs> they did. But I mean, at the, at the same time, you and I can literally. I mean, I have a home studio. My last record that I put out, my last solo record, I did right here in my in my in my office. I collaborated with a guy that lives across town. I would send him the files. He sent them back to me. I created the artwork. I did all the hype. I did everything myself. I mean, my investment was very minimal. I profited off the pre-sale, and I was like, "All right, that's a win. I'm in the I'm in the black. I can't say that about any other record that I've ever done. But I'm in the black, and I'm like, I'm doing it right." I agree.
1: I agree. and that's what I just did. did myself. Um, it's funny you say that. I actually did that, and and it was a hundred percent profit. And I did everything myself, and no one. And I, I paid for maybe uh, a small mastering session, um, you know, to basically uh, make it to, to make it louder and clearer, yeah. and, and about it. And the rest was all done uh, myself, and it was definitely. I, mean, I couldn't. I wouldn't do my drums or yeah. like a full band like that, no. but I would do. Like, so like my acoustic stuff, like solo stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, why not?
0: I, I just do that all myself. Like I tell everybody, I'm like I wouldn't do that, you know, with a full band, but you know, there's still aspects of uh, you know, what you could do. You could go record the drums and do some other stuff and you could get to a point where you could do all that too. But it's been it's 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 cool, man. I mean, I think we're in a we're in a good position. People like you and me, like we we've, we've been through the ringer and we know how to make it work. Are we gonna become millionaires? Probably not. But I mean, dude, we're happy. That's all that matters, exactly. you know. Yeah, so.
1: and, I, and I'm listen. I, I'm going to drum until I can't anymore. I'm not going to stop drumming.
0: And then, and then you after, know, after uh, that, you'll find something. You'll able to do something else. You know, I mean, it's that's what we do. We more. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: I, when I can't, when I can't do uh, the, the the drum anymore, I mean, I can always do the the whole. I can remain doing my solo acoustic stuff. Yeah. All day long, because or, I can sit there and drum. You know.
0: Or you can start booking shows, or work with bands, or start a label, or you know work with somebody that you know you, you've always looked up to. Well, I mean,
1: that's already that's already happening, Joe. I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but um, um, a buddy of mine who was a, a, a old school G Soul uh, super fan started working for uh, a company called Von Artist, who is distributed through uh, Sony Orchard. and basically, you know, he caught wind of what I'm doing now and it's like listen anything you want to put through the the, the the system like I can't fund anything like we can't I can't like like you know like back you like I like, like they do like someone like Sony does like someone like you know Justin Bieber or something right. like that but we can give you we can give you all the same through line and you'll just have to market and promote it yourself and you know if you could invest cool if you can't cool too but we're but as far as like, you know, anywhere that you could download or you can uh, stream music, I'm, I could put you through and you'll make the money instead of some label keeping all the money. Yes, I'll make a certain percent, but I just basically landed my own distro deal yes. through these guys, through Sony Orchard and Von Artist And um, I'm, I'm already started with the last two albums for Dead by Wednesday. I got the rights back to the self-titled and to the guest vocalist album, Darkest of Angels, which... Actually did really well, and I'm re-releasing those two through my own label, Mind Snap awesome. Music. And I'm also going to be going through all the back catalogs that have that did, all the deals have you know run out with like Stillborn and and all these different labels. And we're going to be re-releasing all the back catalogs. And I'm going to be re-releasing not re-releasing but officially releasing my solo albums. And I could basically, if I want to, if everything starts if goes goes through and everything is working well and the machine's rolling. I could technically put out other artists if I want.
0: That's you know? amazing because I've I've often looked at and I had a guy come into my Twitch channel one night and he's a DJ in Germany and I was just saying I'm like man I wish I had a better way of distributing distributing my music other than going like TuneCore or CD Baby and stuff like that which is all well and good I mean it's a way to get my stuff out there but I'm like how do I how do I get on a, a label but I don't necessarily need money or the funding or anything like that how do I get that and it's like you just figured that out man. And he said, he well, told me it, the guy, guy it, in Germany, said you can do it. He goes, and he typed out this big, long thing and I haven't even been able to read it, but it was the gist of it was exactly what you did.
1: You yeah. Know? I mean, I
0: mean, it's, it, it's still,
1: it's still, uh, it's basically just not, it's, it's going through someone and not having to pay a yearly subscription, like his kid or two Yeah. And, and it's being, and it's being associated with a big name that is, you well, know, that, that basically, you know, when you click on it, you you when you click on the link, there's like twenty different options to either stream or download and it's all like, you know, it's all there. And it says, you know, Sony it says Mindset music, Sony Orchard, which is a big deal. So yeah. it's like to me, to me, I don't need that. And it would be great if I had a million dollars behind me pushing me something. But it's it's more about, you know, this guy respects what I do so much and is a fan of my old band that he's like listen, anything you want I can't fund anything, but I'll put it through the system. Of right. that you, our, our
0: major article, and especially you know? being able to grab, you know, the, the rights to all your old stuff, because right before Century Media was sold, I was trying to find a way to buy the Masters from, from Century Media. And I was trying to find a way. I was like, man, even if man, like, man, if, like, could I come up? Could, could someone give me 20, 30 grand and be like, hey, man, I'll give you 20 grand for these for the masters and you know i was in the channels of being able to do that and then all of a sudden century media got sold to sony and i'm like oh well there goes my chance of being able to buy it because i ain't going to be able to get you know get through to someone at sony to buy it like central media had connections this one i didn't you know so i was going to try to buy them and and, and then redistribute them myself you know well, who was, who was the, uh, who was the, uh, A&R guy? With we, had, we, we had two A&R guys. One of them was Clay Marshall. And then the second one was Steve Joe. And And I've talked to Steve actually. I got to have a, a conversation because Steve's still at prosthetic and him and I keep in touch. So, you know, cause I've often thought of that. He's like, someone's like, well, you might be able to get a licensing deal to be able to print vinyl and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, you know, that's a lot of work and a lot of money up front. And, you know, I go. I'd rather just own the friggin' master, so the band could own everything. You know.
1: Well, I mean, you could always. I mean, you could always just re-record the whole album.
0: <laughs> we did, we, we, yeah, we, we we considered that as well. It's like we we could re-record all that stuff and fix the stuff Make it that we did. Then you
1: don't re-record it. And then yeah. just set it on the same album. You know? add, a, add a song or two. Boom.
0: But bands do that all the time because, like, if you re-record it, then you own that. I think that's why you know sometimes you hear those 80s bands that are like, why is there 30 different versions of this because they just kept re-recording it you know so they could own yeah. different shit and technology he got better so but man yeah i got well dude i gotta start getting ready for my twitch stream wednesday nights are a freaking huge night for me i make i make more, i make more money out of wednesday here than i would make out of friday or saturday combined somewhere else <laughs> It's crazy. Dude.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I was going to say that part. Part part of the conversation was when we were joking about being a jukebox. Is that literally the, the only thing that's different is that for that one night that I played acoustic, being a jukebox like you, you yeah. probably made just as much, if not more, than the entire band
0: made in one show. There was there By was a, there was a stream, and I won't disclose how much I made. I did a, a, a one, my first year one year anniversary on Twitch, which coincided with my birthday, and we did this big birthday celebration stream i made more in that one night in five hours than i've made in any one day of my life no matter what and and dude there a couple times brandyson got a pretty decent payday including our reunion show like a year and a half or two years ago at this point i got paid more in that four or five hours sitting at home i didn't even leave my house i don't even put pants on and I made, I was like, <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, I just made what tonight? I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, dude, yeah. the whole world, because here's the thing. Amazon owns Twitch and they brought over some h- big wigs from Spotify that are running uh, Twitch music now. And they're, dude, there's some big things happening inside there. I talked to some of the people that are up on that. Like you're going to see. I don't even
1: know about Twitch music. Oh. What What is that? Is that a
0: thing for a band? Well, it's Twitch Music. is just a category. I mean, I tell everybody, Twitch is t- it's TV. You're creating your own fucking TV channel. Whether you're gonna, you know, stream a game or
1: you um, got you got you got to get you got to keep me up to um. Oh, you got you got to get me up to par on that because I have it's, no idea it's, it's what i It's a whole it's I'm a doing.
0: whole it's a whole other thing. But basically, I create my own thing. So there's categories, um, but you know, gaming is where that's that. Those are the rock stars. Those are the dudes down there making freaking just. There's dudes on there I see every day, and they've got like you know 10, 11,000 people watching them play a video game every day. That means they're filling an arena every fucking day, you know. And then you That's start so doing weird. the numbers, and you I know, and they're making millions, and millions. Let's like just yeah, Yo, you gotta
1: you got well, uh, outside of this conversation we have you have to get me up to speed on that whole oh, I do. On that whole yeah because thing. there's
0: this whole thing because now they're going to probably start launching stars like you know they launched youtube stars and launched tiktok stars you know now twitch is you know got their music category and the people that are heading up just twitch music cuz there's twitch music there's twitch gaming there's twitch uh, <laughs> uh, uh uh, chatting. There's all these different categories and see from people, but they're they're going all in on this music and they knew it last year and this was these people were coming in before the pandemic because they're like, man, there's talent out there and we can develop and then you can I got to deal with them. You know, as you get bigger, you can strike a better deal with them so you get a higher percentage of the income that comes through there and stuff like that. You can strike these deals. I have a feeling they're going to start turning that into like a record label and distribution because I mean, Amazon, Amazon Music, Amazon, they're Amazon the biggest fucking company in the world they got pocketbook for days you know yeah it's going to yeah. get very yeah. interesting we'll have to have this conversation <laughs> off 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 the podcast and i'll for catch sure. you up on it because for it's sure. it's an amazing little world man i'll have to introduce you to but uh definitely dude, i appreciate your time man you and i could sit here and talk for freaking hours and hours. i know
1: so so it.
0: so do i well we're gonna have to have a part two Jamie Johnson's like, yes, I'm going to have to have you back for a part two or part three. You know, that's what we do because there's just too much going on, man. But I'm going to put yeah, the, I'm gonna put all the stuff. I got all the links to everything that you do, even your Black Sabbath tribute, man, which is fucking badass. I, if you guys ever Thank come you, around, sir. I want to come fucking sing a couple songs, man. I would love to. Oh, it. I
1: would love that. Yeah, we, played, we used to play
0: up there all the time, man. And then and obviously everything shut yeah. down. So I don't know what's going to well, happen we'll, now. We'll see what happens. But I appreciate your time, man. And I'll be in touch with you soon, bro. All right. Have a great show All tonight, Joe. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you, bro. All
1: right. Take care, Later. brother.
0: And that's what I love about having musicians on here. I mean, I want to sit there and, you know, obviously have them get a chance to promote what they're doing because as you can hear in Christian's voice, he's very passionate about what he does. He loves what he does. He's very he believes in what he does. And I mean, for this, for someone to be, I believe he's around my age. So, you know, we're in our later four years, pushing fifties, uh, for him to still be excited about a project that he started 16 years ago and something that he started when he was like 13 years old, really, when you think about it, that means something. So I love being able to have that platform for him to talk about them, be passionate about it because it's awesome. But I also love these little side especially these musicians that have been lifers like myself, Christian, and some of the other people I've had on here and these twists and turns that we've had along the way and how we've made it still to this point and still freaking rocking and finding ways and still being excited about creating, man. I love being a musician. I love talking to other musicians. And one of these days, one of these podcasts is going to go three or four hours. It's going to probably bore the shit out of most of you. But for me, I get excited, man. That's what juices me up. I'm getting ready to go start my Twitch stream in a little bit, little beat, little bit. Um, so I appreciate you guys and gals listening in. Uh, again, this podcast is going to be all over the places. I'm going to really start pushing this out there. Uh, I'm going to incubate the rockin podcast uh, over the next few months. I don't want to launch that too soon because th- that is where I that's where my passion is lying right now. I got a lot of things I want to do with that next podcast. So over the next few months, man, if you guys really love this, share it with somebody. Tell somebody about it. Share my clips on there. Talk about it. Share the the Spotify link or the Apple music link. Do something, man. Let people know that this exists, man, because without you, I want this to be organic. I don't want to freaking just, you know, pay someone to promote it or anything else. I want this to be an organic thing, just like anything else that I do with my career. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, big shout out to Christian for coming on here. I'm definitely going to have to have him back. He's too entertaining of a fucking person, man. He is a downright amazing dude. And I'm so happy that I had him on here. Everybody, I will see you next week. I think I'm going to have another lifer musician on next week. Her name is Jasmine Kane. So stay tuned for that. I love you guys. Take care. Be safe. Yeah!